For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You didn't know before. Now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. Very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Fun Belt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I got to join the show. It sounds a lot of fun. Fun Belt Podcast. Season three, I don't remember what episode we're on, but I'm Dusty Thibodeau from Warwick Report, Shane Metlin from the newspaper that Jeremy Harper of Hal Razor can never remember. I remember. It's the Daily, it's the Daily News. Daily News. <laughs> Don't you realize every episode you call it something different, Jeremy? Well, all right. It's Is it the Daily He's, News Record, the Daily yeah. News Reader, the Daily News? It's the Daily News something. Right, and if if you get those, it's the stories, daily news record. You've okay. been getting better. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Not, I talk, I don't know why Tibbs had to bring it up today. You've been doing better. Here's the thing about Tibbs. He's like the Woody Woodpecker of the podcast. He's always trying to get someone else in trouble, not not himself. He won't do the dirty work. He just wants to. He's trying to put something in between you and I. You and I have this great friendship, and Tibbs is jealous of that. Tibbs wants what we have. Well, you can't have it, Tibbs. This is something that Metlin of the Daily News record and I have that you can never have. Jeremy, how many times have we shared beer? <laughs> a couple of times. It's been great. Shared bowls of cheese curds. Uh, we've done that. We've 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 uh, we've been in empty bars. Not that we've emptied out the bar. By the way, that bar is completely out of business now. They're selling all that stuff. So if you want to buy anything from the bar to commemorate our beer. It's for sale. It's for auction. You just got to go ahead and put in a bid. That can be Where's our new international headquarters where we host the podcast week in and week out in an empty bar. Shane, I said, Tibbs, you got to come to this bar with me. It's great. It's always packed. It's great. It's got all this energy to get there. There's no one there. It's just me and Tibbs. You guys literally closed it down. It was like an old man's <laughs> bar. I was like, oh, God. No wonder I like it. It's quiet. I did have a paps holder there, speaking of which. It, it, it was damn fine paps too you know all right by the way tib or by the way shane it's one of these bars that has a billion beers and he's drinking a can of paps <laughs> like why don't you pick something new something you've never tried before could he afford I, anything new? i had that's never my, had that paps in my life <laughs> hey you're from the swanky northeast shane medlin do people drink paps in the swanky northeast yeah, I've got some in my house somewhere. Okay. All right. What is sort of like the local cheap beer? I mean, in that region of the world. What Yingling. Are the, is it Yingling? <laughs> yeah, uh, local cheap beer, yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's anything that's like just associated with this part of Virginia that's, you know, it might be Bud Light, it might be Miller Light, it might be Natty, who knows. Nothing like hams. Or stag, or 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 royal, or just some sort no. of weird regional mass-produced beer. There's none of that. Not, nothing like super regional. I mean, there's you know, like everywhere else, there's tons of craft places that are good, but yeah, there's nothing that like really started here, branched way out. Like, <clears throat> like you know, like my dad tells me about how back in the day. You know, he could get quarters in Kansas, but like not other places because, you know, he bordered Colorado. So like to me, like to me, that was like blew my mind that you used to not be able to get cores everywhere. So oh, no, cores was like a delicacy in, in Arkansas, too. Yeah. Like to get a case of cores, it really was the banquet beer. It was and like then I saw I and then I saw board. Smoking the Bandit and I saw and I understood the plot. Yes, <laughs> that was the plot. He had to get cores to like a wedding, <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so, hey, Tibbs, get us back on track. What the hell are we supposed to be talking about? I know it's supposed to be the Sun Belt. 
No. Why why would we talk about that? I mean, you know, it's just fun belt podcast. It's it's no big deal, Jeremy. We're we're now beer connoisseurs talking about Paps, my favorite from back in the day in Alabama of South Paul. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. And and, and of course the champagne of beers, the high life. Yeah, you know That's what? High life. Is it do you like the high life? Yeah. You know what? I I love the high life commercials back in the uh, early zeros. And I thought I, I'm going to be a high life man because I love these commercials. <clears throat> yeah, I bought a six pack of high life, and I swear to God, it lasted the longest that any six pack of beer ever lasted in my fridge. I could not drink more than one at a time. I was like, I don't know what is wrong with this beer. Did I get the skunky high life? But I did not get the best beer drinking experience from the high life. The only worst experience I've had was stag. <clears throat> have you ever had stag? I don't think I have. Surely, Thibodeau, you've had some stag. Are you implying that I like cheap stuff? Yeah. Yes, I am. I'm implying that you that Cregan's went out of business because you refused to pay an extra $2 for a good pint of beer. But yeah, have you had stag? No, have not. Well, it's a god-awful beer. It's a beer of my grandfather, and it sucks. Don't drink it. So while you're you're breaking out the paps. Yes. The cores. Mm-hmm. You you have a reason to break it out. You have a new coach in Brian <laughs> Hodgson, the Alabama assistant. Looks like the strength and conditioning guy. He's now in Jonesboro, getting ready to lead the Red Wolves in the resurgence. You were at the opening press conference to welcome him in. Yeah. Tell us what you saw. How was that experience? First of all, he's really big. He's just a big oafish guy. I mean, he's really intimidating. He, he looks like a guy who might be a bouncer. Also, not Hodgson. It's Hodson. Like the G just totally vanishes in his name. So if you get it wrong, he might like put you in a full Nelson. That's the kind of guy he is. But you know what? He 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 seems like this intimidating presence. He's kind of hulking in his black suit. He's got this sort of intensity in his eyes that says he's going to tear you in half. But all he is is a big softy with a lot of funny anecdotes. He, like, just dominated the press conference with one amusing story after another. By the end of the press conference, everybody there was just putty in his hand. He was just like, he, he could just, he could, he could like, he could like, I don't know, cold cock the, the, uh, the athletic director. And everybody would be like, oh, oh, oh that Brian Hodson, he's such a card. Anyway, he did a good job. He, he he dug into the transfer portal before he even had his press uh, announcement, dug out three Red Wolves that had committed themselves to the portal, pulled them out, three of the better guys that we, we really wanted to stay. So already he's kind of paying dividends for the Arkansas State Red Wolves. So we're, we're happy to have him. He claims to be the <laughs> kind of blue-collar guy. He seems to, to, to be living up to that. Uh, and so we're excited. It's great. So he's part of the Sunbelt community, just like a couple other new coaches. Yeah. The South Alabama Jags got a new coach yeah. in Lo- Yolisha Jackson from yeah. South Florida. She was an assistant there. Now going to lead that South Alabama program, a place where she had actually been an assistant just a few years ago. So always good to see a good homecoming. She was there in uh, Mobile, leading them to two 20-win seasons and two postseason appearances, including the WNIT and the Women's Basketball Invitational. You know, when we talked to Craig Stevenson a couple weeks ago, offline, he was so depressed about women's basketball at South Alabama. He was like, I don't even watch anymore. It's been awful. Let us hope that this new coach is able to turn things around, bring back some of that magic that she had beforehand because South Alabama could really use it. I did just see her name on a list for the uh, mid-major assistant coach of the year. So, I mean, seems to have a good reputation coming in, uh, coming back to South Alabama. She is going to rescue the Jags from the basement of women's basketball in the Sun Belt. The other person celebrating a new head coach, the Thundering Herd. They have hired Kim Stevens, who comes up from the D2 ranks to take over the Herd program. She's a baller. She okay. she was at Glenville State, 
where she turned the Pioneers into a powerhouse, compiling a 191 and 24 record. <laughs> including Can you repeat those numbers. Repeat that number again before I pass out. 191 and 24. God. Including a semifinal berth in the Division II Final Four. That season, they were only 33 and 3. Man, that is just a lot of wins. I don't care what division you're in. That's some winning basketball right there. I, I don't I like the smaller schools and seeing that success because it's a lot harder, I'm sure, to recruit to a Glenville State than to Marshall, than oh. to Arkansas State, South Absolutely. Alabama, ULM, wherever. If you can get the good talent there and put up those kind of numbers, you're going to succeed once you do have those resources and those facilities behind you. One of the things that, that scares me about Brian Hodgson, you know, he comes out of Alabama, Alabama assistant. We all know Alabama's had this great year. Uh, did wonders in recruiting. That's great. And Hodgson's known as this, this recruiter. And that's great. But, you know, now you're at Arkansas State where you can't just go, <laughs> oh, yes, Crimson Tide, and people are going to come in. You've actually got to work your ass off. So that will really put us to the test. And that's why I, I, I like when I hear this this Kim, Kim who? Kim Stevens. Kim Stevens, that she comes from the D2 ranks, wins all these games as a head coach. She knows what it's like to be a head coach. It's not I'm an assistant and my job is to do a very particular thing. It is to lead the team. And so in a way, I'm a little worried about Hudson because he's never been a head coach. Now, is that does that mean he's going to fail, that he's not going to be a great head coach? I, I don't know. I mean, time will tell. We've seen assistants all the time, including the one from Kansas State. Uh, what's his name? He's got a great name. It's like Jerome Tang. Yeah, Jerome Tang. Yeah, he's been assistant all of his life. Now he's the head coach and he's kicking ass. So <laughs> yes, you can be an assistant and then become a head coach for the first time and do really well. But that was one of the things that I think some of the fan base were worried about after his press where we felt really good. But wow, what a record for Kim. Absolutely big steal, I think, for, you know, for Marshall. You, you mentioned that, and, and I had to take a look because the only one I could think of off the top of my head of, of a guy that, for lack of a better term, goes from the big school to the mid-major was John Brady when he stepped back from LSU to go to Arkansas State. Yeah. There for eight years, four winning records, two Western Division titles. Yeah. But I remember talking to him even in Hot Springs at a Sunbelt Conference Media Day and, and asking him, you know, what's what's really the biggest difference that you see going from that premier stage back to the mid-majors? And he's like, resources. Yeah. And, and, you know, instead of a plane ride to go play this school, it's a bus ride. So your guys are a little bit more tired, a little bit more fatigued. Um, and instead of maybe staying at the five-star resort type of place that you are, you're staying at, you know, the three-star place because that's all that really is available in that city. Yeah. And so it was it was an interesting take to kind of see what, what he even spun as, as the big differences between the programs. You know, another thing, too, is and I, I see this in football. I, I just can only imagine this is in basketball, too. But, you know, you see in Alabama and they hire a million assistants and that's kind of become like a norm is to hire all these assistants. And you're like, what do you need with all these assistants? Well, they it turns out well, having all that valuable experience to do some of the minute things, whether it is all right, I'm I'm your left tackle guy. He's your right tackle guy. I mean. That's two to me is a big difference. You know, you have Arkansas State or ULM or perhaps even JMU basketball, and you just have a limited number for how many, how much, what you, what assistance you can hire. I imagine there are some volunteers on those teams. I know that's the way it works in baseball. Baseball, it's actually even worse. So yeah, you have these these high profile programs. Yeah, I always get kind of amused when the. Uh, uh, Oh gosh, what what's the uh, the what's the name of the uh, the coaching the the Broyles Award? Are you familiar with the Broyles Award, guys? The yeah. assistant head, the assistant Heisman. Yeah, rewards the best assistant coach, and the, it always goes to some Power Five guy. I'm like, how hard is it to coach some of these guys? I mean, they're all four star, five star athletes. You're like, oh god, you did such a great job. I could coach those guys. You know, it doesn't it doesn't take magic. 
you try coaching a bunch of two-star guys and get a winning team out of that. That's where the strength, that's where it lies. Yeah. One thing I like about the Hodson hire and Curry, he's been with Oates since Buffalo, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. <clears throat> so he's been on the mid-major train before. Yeah. It's not going to be a culture shock for him. I remember like, you know, covering the CAA before the Sun Belt. Um, UNC Wilmington had a coach um, who was a UNC Tar Heel assistant for a long time and played at Kansas for Roy Williams. All he knew was the absolute top two of the top three programs in the country was all he knew was how they operated. Uh And then he failed at UNC Wilmington. And like some other coach like told me, he's like, you know, he knows everything there is to know about basketball. He didn't know what it was like to get on a bus and ride eight hours after a tough loss. And yeah. like that's, I mean, there's a lot to that. Uh-huh. That's, that's what we get in the Hodgson, you know, Hodson, Hodson. I keep putting in that G he's going to kick my ass, but Hodson is he's one. He is the product of the foster care system. So he, 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 he kind of has this sort of hard scrabbled uh, life where he he's gone. He's, he's, he says it really made him to where he got to know all kinds of people. And two, he, you know, he 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 worked at a, a small college before going to Buffalo. And what happened? I think it was Bobby Hurley was actually coaching Buffalo at the time, and said, "Hudson, I, I want you to come work with me. Uh, we've had this great season. I like what you're doing at Marxist or wherever you are. Come board or Marist, Marxist, Marist. Come aboard. I like to have you on as assistant." He said, "Great." He gets there to Buffalo, and Bobby Hurley's like, "Hey, I got some bad news for you. I'm actually." Gonna now coach Arizona. It's my dream job. They told me I have to keep the assistance that's already there. There, I can't bring you. Out. So he said, "Shit." So then they Oates comes aboard. I, Oates might have been an assistant at Buffalo at the time. I don't know. And Oates says, "You know what? All right, I will keep you aboard if you can fill five scholarship positions for me before the start of the season." They had five open positions. And Hudson did it. It was like a, a feat of Hercules, right? <laughs> he found five guys, and they had a good season. So, uh, yeah, he kind of, you know, he knows what it's like to do put in the work, uh, ride the buses, as you said, Shane, uh, share an office with a bunch of other sweaty guys, uh, you know, maybe have a second job at the Waffle House to make ends meet. I mean, that's really how small college basketball is like. I ho- Hopefully, uh, Arkansas State can uh, give him some amenities. <laughs> That he's not used to, although he won't get Alabama amenities, but it's going to be really good. You know what's actually really good, Shane? I don't know where you're going with this, but winning 75 series in a row in softball. Do you know who I'm talking about? Arkansas State. No, we don't have a softball program, and you know that, Tibbs. What you are trying to do is put another wedge between me and Metlin. Metlin and I were having a very good conversation about softball, and you're like, oh, I'll be Woody Woodpecker, and I'm going to bring up the fact that Arkansas State doesn't have a softball team. Well, let me tell you something. I'm going to have a nice conversation about softball, and I'm going to make – so I'll, I'll get back to you. Who in the Sun Belt – and Shane, you can answer it too if you think you know – who in the Sun Belt has won 75 consecutive series? That would be the Raging Cajuns from Lafayette, Louisiana. <laughs> that is an incredible number. I saw that posted on Twitter and they like posted out like, like what was the number one song and what was the number one movie at the time? Of course, I can't remember any of it, but it was like, God damn, that was a long time ago. It was Shit a decade man. ago. Yeah. I mean, who yeah. remembers anything? <laughs> 10 years ago. So Shane, not Tibbs, but Shane, let me ask you this. What is the one team standing in the way of the Cajuns adding to that number? The team that's in the way this weekend. I don't know <laughs> if they're the only team, but uh, up next is the James Madison Dukes and what in, Har- in Harrisonburg. Record? I'm going to go to at least one of those games yeah. and see if uh, – See if that streak survives. Because now, now I see the Dukes have like three losses. Did I see that? No, they've got they've got a few. I think they're twenty and seven now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But still, an impressive record. Yeah, so, they're they're coming along. They're a young team. 
they've completely rebuilt the roster since going to the uh, College World Series two years ago. And <clears throat> you're seeing some of those big-time recruits they got based on that are now freshmen, and now they've played about half a season, and they are kind of starting to put it together. Uh-huh. I don't know if they can end this streak, but I know there's going to be a lot of JMU fans in the uh, stands this weekend yeah. hoping they can end this streak and um, hoping that they show they can compete in Sunbelt softball, which is a huge step up from the colonial softball. Tibbs, this is where you and I have an intervention with Shane. All right. It's time for some real talk for Shane. Metlin, you're about to step into the world of the Cajuns right now. This is their their sandbox. Softball with the Cajuns is, is they rule. You need to tread lightly when you add, offer even the mildest criticism, because they will come after you. Tibbs, am I right? See, <laughs> sorry, I, I thought I was still in Guatemala from last week. Uh, yeah, they they are definitely one of the more vocal, rabid fan bases in the league. And while they're not in the Carolina Shane, they they will still have the same wrath of your favorite uh, states. <laughs> well, I am not knocking them. That is a. Uh... <laughs> incredible are they not good enough for you to knock is that what you're saying (laughs) that they don't rate your disdain even (laughs) oh my god shane calm it down no i just you know a rhetoric (laughs) it's been this series is actually something that uh jmu fans have been looking forward to because you know jmu had a lot of success in softball in the colonial they beat up on a weak league but they made their regional and super regional appearances and then finally broke through the college world series. They were down last year after losing all that talent. They think they're climbing back. I don't know if they're ready to compete with Louisiana yet, but it's something they're looking forward to like finding out where they stack up against, you know, legit sunbelt competition and what this conference is going to be like for a softball program that completely dominated where they were before, but they know was not a good conference. Wow. Yo, you know what? I think you did. You said the right word, Shane. <laughs> We're very measured with that, with that, with that uh, reply. And I, I think that could take you a long way. I have a question though, uh, in terms of the program itself, you, you guys won that or weren't not won it, but you were in that world series. You were talking about recruiting from that. You know, we talked about coastal Carolina getting that kind of ball. Did the program really receive like a, enough recognition to where it's like, wow, we're suddenly getting recruits that we would never have gotten had we not had that success? To some degree. And it's, um, you know, when they really started breaking through and having success, it was with they had a All-American pitcher who was from 15 miles outside Harrisonburg and wasn't really recruited very highly was a super athlete and turned out she could both pitch and hit a softball extremely well. Um, you know, they have, you know, their all time home run leader is from the next County up. They, they somehow kind of lucked into having generational talent right at home. Um, and now they're expanding and going out and recruiting other people. And, you know, um, freshman who's really good this year, her name is KK Mathis. She's just, hitting the cover off the ball. She was, I think one of their top, their, their first like top 15 national recruit. And they've got a pitcher coming in next year. That's um, from Virginia, but not local um, similar level recruit that they're just starting to get. And the thing about spring sports is you make that run that ends in June you're not, you're not immediately bringing in freshmen the next season based off that. So it's two, sometimes three years after you make that run in a spring sport before you're even seeing them on campus, let alone seeing them developed into, you know, a stud junior or senior. So Good observation, yeah, that's it that way. That yeah. is kind of the one thing with JMU, like they're in the start of rebuilding after having, like I said, just generational talent a few years ago. So let's talk a little bit about tidbits, you know, just tidbits, nuggets around the Sun Belt. 
Shane, I've noticed today on the waiver wire, a set of brothers have let, left the Sun Belt to join something like, I got, what was it? L-M-I, L-S, L-I-S, L-S. L-I-U. L-I-U. I don't even know what L-I-U is. The Strickland brothers? Yes. We got one they, from JMU and one from Georgia Southern? Yes. Their father, Rod Strickland, played Ooh. 17 years in the NBA, yeah. is the coach at LIU. Mm. He'll be starting his second season at LIU. And uh, he needed some help. And he uh, he called his wife, I think, to uh, get it. I don't know. He said, boys to me. Yeah. That's okay. You know, that's funny. You know, at Arkansas State today, uh, uh, the – Women's head coach Destiny Rogers called up her sister. She was uh, playing at West Virginia, and uh, now she is now a Red Wolf. So I guess it's it's good to have some talent <laughs> in the family. You just yeah, in. yeah, and maybe that's the key. Maybe that you, you just hire a coach. Shane, now is is that a does that always work out when you have maybe a coach or let's say an offensive coordinator who has I don't know a, a son who plays quarterback? Is that always a good thing to have happen? <laughs> I'm not sure. Who are you referring to here? I I'm trying to think. Uh, <laughs> oh, Tibbs, maybe maybe Tibbs yeah. would know. Like if you had like an offensive coordinator, Tibbs, and maybe his son plays quarterback. And suddenly has an inside track to being the starter of the team. Is that always a good thing? I haven't seen where it worked out. <laughs> uh, the, there were definitely a lot of uh, daddy ball and and <laughs> other inferences in in uh, the fan base of of the school that you were speaking of. Yes. However, I still remember Todd Dodge with his best ever line when asked how he was recruiting a three-star player to the really uh, down-the-dumps North Texas school. And his response is, well, when you sleep with his mother, you kind of get the inside track. (laughs) Yes, that is the most North Texas thing I have ever heard. (laughs) That is mean green recruiting right right there. I love it. What else is going on in the Sun Belt, Tibbs? Your fingers are always on the pulse of the Sun Belt. Just wrapping up baseball. It's definitely oh, a feast or famine wait, wait, right wait. now Do we in have the to standings. Talk about okay. All right. Fine. Let's go. Come on, Tibbs. Let's talk about baseball. It's it's your show. Old Dominion and the Raging Cajuns sit at five and one, tied atop the standings. Uh-huh. Coastal Carolina, App State, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, all four and two. James Madison two and two, Troy, Texas State, Southern Miss three and three, everyone else with a losing record, including Arkansas State and ULM winless. Oh yes, that's in conference be- action. I did see that Coastal Carolina knocked off. Was it North Carolina? It the powder blue. Yeah, the number thirteen team. So that was a good win for the Sun Belt. I think uh, as we speak, Southern Miss I think is entangled with Ole Miss. And last I saw, Southern Miss was winning that game. So that that would be nice to win that game. ULM is still winless like the Red Wolves? Yeah, it was a tough trip. Hosted Old Dominion, then traveled to Troy. Um, Warhawks did not look very good down in lower Alabama and sit at 0-6. Yeah, it's been rough for the Red Wolves. We had a lot of weather in Jonesboro. It threatened to cancel our slate against James Madison. And maybe, you know, we're kind of relieved about that. They managed to scrub out one game on a Monday. Was it Monday or Sunday? I think it was, it was Sunday. It was Sunday, okay. And uh, it was one of these games where it, it was tied up 4-4 four to four in the ninth. They had to go to extra innings. Somehow, the Dukes put up five runs in their section of the ninth. And it was yet another loss for Arkansas State. So, yeah, all the excitement we have about basketball uh was enough to eclipse the disappointment of baseball but eventually the rally of baseball is going to show up i got one more tidbit that i know that's going to excite you are you ready yes sure a state bowling won the southland siding thrilling final match with sam houston state to seal it all we had one woman on the team whose name suddenly escapes me, rolled seven strikes in a row. It was incredible action, high drama, 
tomorrow night or at least late afternoon, four o'clock Eastern time. I always forget when that is. Is that five o'clock us or is that three o'clock us? I don't ever know. The Eastern time is just some weird phantom zone for me. But at four o'clock Eastern, NCAA is going to stream the bowling selection show. And I invite all of you to watch it, to watch Arkansas State, see where they're seated in the NCAA tournament, which is just exciting. It's March Madness, but it's bowling. Also, women's that's, sports, that's softball, unsilent? Marshall, undefeated at 4-0. All right. But three teams really tied atop the standings, haven't played six games. Hmm. James Madison, the Raging Cajuns, South Alabama, all 5-1. and one. Troy, 5-1-1. One one. ULM, 3-3. Three and three. Hmm. Everyone else, losing record. Southern Miss, goose and six on the season. Well, aside from those guys, sounds like there's a lot of parody on top. It's a little top heavy. It is the Dolly Parton of conference standings. Something's got to give, right? And it's probably going to start giving when JMU hooks up with with uh, the Cajuns, right? I think that that's going to be a fantastic series. Uh, Shane streamed on ESPN three. I'm assuming two of the three games, no. Friday and Sunday. Yeah, we should check that out. Those were those were the only days you were available for commentary. <laughs> no, they uh, they have a big lacrosse match on Saturday that's getting ESPN attention instead. Uh, yeah, how are the Dukes doing in lacrosse? Are they still hammering it? Yeah, ten one ten in a row. Yeah, ranked number five in the country. Mm. You know, A-State Bowling's ranked number four, but that, yeah. it, you know, this is not a competition. Okay. It's just, it, it, we're not going to do this tit for tat. It's it, That's self-defeatist, self-destructive. We're not going to have that conversation, except Arkansas State is ranked number fourth in the nation. Yeah. But, all right, so the good things are happening in the Sun Belt. Tibbs, Tibbs, give us, give us one more tidbit. Come on, just dig deep. Dig Quick update in Sun Belt baseball. Uh-huh. Southern Miss, Old Miss. Southern Miss was leading two to one mm-hmm. in the bottom of the fourth. Yeah. Then the rain came. The game is a no contest. Oh, that is so like Old Miss to call up the weather guys and bring in some rain and save their asses. Old Miss ranked number one. Another case: the has versus the have-nots. They can control the weather. We cannot. We can't. G five doesn't have that. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Do we want to talk a little bit about the Final Four matchup? How there's not but one Power Five program in the Final Four this year? And let me tell you, know, I've been hearing stuff like, oh, well, nobody's going to be watching. I'm telling you, this, this, this tournament has been one of the more entertaining tournaments I've watched in a long time. A lot of one-point games or, or single-digit games, not a lot of blowouts. There have been some when UConn is involved, for instance. But for the most part, to me, been a very ex- – I think I've watched more NCAA tournament basketball games this year than I've had since I've been in college. Guys, what have you think part of this tournament so far? And what do you think of this Final Four? I'm very excited yeah. about it. Because, first of all, you had another 16-over-1 game. Mm-hmm. With Fairleigh yeah. Dickinson, anytime the little guy wins, I'm all for it. Absolutely. Second of all, we are guaranteed that a mid-major will play for a national title as it will be either a Conference USA or Mountain West team in the championship game against arguably a bigger uh, opponent there, the ACC or Big East. Yeah. So I love it. Go mid-major. You know, so we look at Creighton, right? They're the, the Big East team. Are they a mid-major? No. Uh, that would be UConn is big, big East. Oh, I'm sorry, not Creighton. Yeah. God. Yes, but is UConn a mid-major? No. no. Yeah, they've won several uh, tournaments, so can't call them a mid-major. But, but they're not the SEC. They're not the ACC. They're not the Big East. They're not <clears throat> Pac-12. They're not Big 12. The Big East is not a mid-major in basketball. I mean, it's there. There's six major conferences in basketball, and the Big East is one of them. And I and, and I would argue even that the Big East is 
the SEC football big of basketball tradition. I think so. I think I think you could be right about that. What do you think of the all right? What do you think of FAU? Are they a team that's hot at the right time? Although they won like 33 games to start to, to end the season before they got into the tournament. Are they legit? And I'm I'll give you my thought. I think they're legit. I love their big Russian center. I love their outside shooting. Could they win this tournament? Well, of course you love the big Russian center. Because <laughs> I know <laughs> Jan has there. like five or six big Russians on that women's team. I can't. <laughs> I have one, but <laughs> yeah. I uh, I think they could. I think any of the four teams left in it could. I mean, I think UConn's probably the strong favorite right now, but wouldn't be shocked if any of the four that are left win it. It's not like some of those teams – some of those times when the mid-majors gotten through to the Final Four, you kind of knew the run was up. You know, yeah. they'd – you know, they had a couple good weeks. They'd never, they'd never experienced anything like that. They weren't great all season, but they had a couple really hot weeks. And, you know, San Diego State has been a good program for a long time. Yeah. And FAU, this is all new to them, but they've been dominant all year. This is, you know, they've been a top 25 team all year. This is not really just getting hot at the right time necessarily who do you think you said UConn I'm kind of leaning a little bit towards Miami although I've seen UConn just dominate everybody they play I don't know why I like Miami I'm kind of rooting for FAU I think if I if if I had my 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 root coin on anybody else it would be FAU Tibbs who do you like in this tournament who's going to win it I do not like FAU basketball. I, I watch it. They are clunky. Oh, they, no. they they are just bad fundamental basketball in my eyes, but it works for them. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I like FAU kind of like what Shane said, that they've never been here. I don't think that they know that they're supposed to lose. I don't think they know that they're supposed to be nervous. I don't think that they know that they're lucky to be where they are. In addition to that, they get none of the money because they've already <laughs> said they're going to the American. I so they're, the, they're the going bucks. all out to ensure and show them, look what you're missing out on. And American, we see you. We'll be there next year. I love that. I, I really think it'll be a FAU and the U in the championship game. Wow. Ironically. Ironically, it's the best player in the Sun Belt that, that wins a national title for the U. Nor Chad O'Meara, man. I, let me tell you, everybody at Arkansas State, a mixture of feelings. Happy for Nor Chad. Good for you. He, he, we see your big smiling face on national TV, getting big interviews, getting big minutes, making big plays. Man, we wish we had you back. Oh my God, it hurts so bad. But that's the way it is, and we're happy to see him uh, succeeding so well, and we wish him the very best. I do like the way Miami plays. They seem to have just five really good starters out there. You know, and I, I, I kind of agree with what you say, Tibbs, about FAU. Yeah, it can be just a mess at times. Like they'll, if they're not hitting the threes, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a cluster, right? But then they just start hitting threes. Like all of a sudden, they'll just start nailing four or five threes at once, and they're back in the game where they're leading it. So, Shane, who's your guy? You think it's UConn? I think it's UConn, but I mean, I was really high on Texas, and yeah. then Miami beat them. So, by the way, I just, <laughs> I don't want to brag, but in the Fun Belt PC bracket challenge, I I, I I'm in third place. So uh, I will fix sure. that. <laughs> Shane had like a top notch for a while. I don't know what happened to you, Shane. Uh, teams I picked started losing. They were <laughs> oh, winning yeah. and then they started losing. I think in our bracket, one person picked UConn and another person picked um, Miami. So we got like two guys that have a final four pick in play. Other than that, everybody's kind of screwed. So Speaking we, of not being screwed, though, Jeremy, oh yeah? yeah, we have a great guest coming up. 
All right, all right, because you kind of hinted at it. I'm a little excited. Who, who is it? Do you want to give us a hint? Sorry, I, I I can't get that excited. I mean, it's it's Maxwell George, our NIL student athlete, giving us the inside scoop on the outdoor track season at Troy. Jeremy, we haven't heard from him in, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been disappointing. But our student athlete, Maxwell George, joins us fresh off of yes. his 30th place finish <laughs> amongst the SEC at Auburn to open the track season of the out the, the outdoor track season, I should say. Not the indoor, the outdoor. The outdoor. That's a big difference. Uh, mostly the roof. <laughs> no, I'll tell you a difference. And Maxwell, you can back me up on this, right? Like yes. I was watching an indoor event the other day. It was like the like I don't know, like a a woman women's like four hundred or something, and they're racing like hell around. Mm-hmm. The track. I mean, they they got the jets going, running fast, and then they cross the finish line, and then they pretty much run into a wall. Yes, it's I've never read indoor personally, but it's it's like a. It's like a circus almost. Like they kind of like get us in there. You run in and they like push you off immediately from what I've seen. And from my teammate has told me, it's like, it's a, it's kind of a cluster of everything. It's just like, it's as fast as you get in there and get out because there's so many people doing it at one time. Now, Maxwell, how is it that you, you don't run indoor? Why did you make uh, that decision? So Troy uh, actually doesn't have a Sunbelt men's indoor team for the title nine. That's where we got cut off at. So there's no men's indoor team for Troy. We have women's indoor, but we have no – we can't compete in the, the Sunbelt Championship for men's. I got you. So now, now it's outdoor season. Yes. From what I understand, the, the meets have started. Yes. And now, it seems like Tibbs has the 411 on that. Tibbs, what do yeah. you know about this outdoor meet? I know our guy. He, he he refused to wear the Troy jersey. He wore the Fun Belt podcast jersey. Holy hell. Oh, my so, God. He so, represents us. So he was at a disadvantage already. Maybe that's why they, they put him way in the back. And he he just, you know, it's like the rest of us. He was just too far behind. He couldn't catch up. And and, and thus uh, the the later finish in, in the in the race. All right. So it was, was my best race by far. <laughs> Maxwell, let me let me give you issue this challenge. And maybe this is a bit of punishment for, for not seeing us last week. And that, this is fine, but we're gonna issue a wool fun belt running sweater. Okay. You gotta wear in the next meet. It's gonna be about knee length. <laughs> <laughs> and you you gotta wear it. You can't like roll up the sleeves or anything. It has to be all the way. Like it's like minus 20 degrees. <laughs> and you've got to run whatever whatever events that you're in for that day. You've got to run in it. Spun Belt Podcast running sweater. I'll I'll drop my address and y'all send it to me and I'll wear it. <laughs> well, we gotta get Shane Metlin the the knit yeah. first. <laughs> I think I think running sweater is a uh, term you just invented here. I've never heard of the uh, oh that no article clothing you know, before. We're always 20s. cutting edge. Back in the twenties, that's what people wore. That was okay. You know. The, so, uh, Maxwell, on, on a serious note, though, the the football team has started getting sized for rings. When, when you see another sport like that getting measured up, does that kind of give you the the little bit of extra motivation of, hey, I, I'm I'm ready for mine as well? No, it definitely does, and I think we kind of, I think all the sports teams, you can see there's kind of just a different swagger in the sense. It's like we've seen a even go even going back like a, a year or two when we saw our girls win the conference championship. And then for basketball and then our men's doing it in the fall, it kind of gives like the campus a, a better vibe and it kind of instills confidence. It's like, hey, people that you see on a day-to-day basis, it gives you confidence in the sense that like, hey, I can achieve this too because I see other people have done it and that this is not a – it's not an impossible conference to win. So with that said, it's spring It's spring football. Have you gone to to Coach Summerlin yet and said, Coach, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to trade in the, the track shoes for some cleats, some pads? Um, I know back in my day, if I if I would have decided to play football a little bit longer, I think I could have played a mean tight end for Coach Summerall. So maybe I should before I leave. Now you know what I think Coach Summerall has enough guys. We don't need to be putting Maxwell on that team and making them into like superstars. We can't yeah. ha- we can't have keep it fair for everybody. Yeah, keep it fair for the rest of us. That would be great. So what else is happening on campus? I know you said 
Good old IFC uh, party coming up. Uh, you know, definitely living it up there as the student athlete. Nothing really. We're just we're doing things for Greek life, and then outside of that, like mostly just tracking stuff for me and study. Crazy, right? You're doing your studies, right? Study. Oh, well, I'm a senior. So I don't. Really, I, I, yes, studies. Well, being a senior, I have like one class, so it's not that rigorous. All right. Can I ask you what is that class? It is intercultural communications. Yes, that sounds badass. It's it's super easy. I literally we just talk about how we communicate effectively across different cultures and accept different cultures and their communication styles and things like that. Do you brag about being on the podcast in the class? Yes. <laughs> right answer. Yeah, you get an A. I I I want to see some proof of that. We we need some uh, some papers. I can I can rewrite my final project to be about this podcast. Diversification across all the Sunbelt schools. All right. Can we let Maxwell go back to his 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 Greek life? I think so. I mean, he he, he wants to leave this fraternity for his. I, I I don't know what else we can do. I think we busted his balls enough about you know missing the podcast last time. Yeah, uh, he kind of made us feel bad saying he's he's been you know he's got been fighting fighting the flu. But I, I think I think you've done your penance, Maxwell, and we appreciate you being on the show. Appreciate it. I'll see y'all next week. So there was Maxwell, a good fraternity guy, going to his IFC event, being the good student athlete, running track, being the social butterfly on campus. Were either either of y'all in fraternities in college? <clears throat> I was not. No. Arkansas State had a, a fairly good <clears throat> Greek community. It's actually much bigger now, but at the time I was there, I was like, I, I, that's not really for me. Shane? I, I was not. In yeah. Greek life, either is it because we're both dorks? Mine was, I don't know, there's several reasons. One was mainly because I transferred from a JUCO to a large university, uh, so coming in as a junior, I didn't feel any any need to to join a fraternity, absolutely. But, but Tibbs, you were in a fraternity, right? I was, and how was the five? It was great, it's fun yeah. now, you know, like sometimes fraternities like the. Greek system as a whole gets a bad rap. Like there's too much hazing, too much drinking, too much malfeasance. Did you see any of that? Uh, I plead the fifth. It was a good time. Let me tell you something, though, that almost every guy I know that's been in a fraternity, they always say they were animal house. They always say it. Doesn't matter how nice the house was, if they had a butler, if they had limousines. If they, if it was like the straight A students and the football players were there, was like, ah, oh, we were like Animal House. We really were. Now, Tibbs, were you really like Animal House? I'll give you one story of, okay. of when I met, how I met actually a guy that was a groomsman in my wedding was on our bid night. He shows up. Hey, how are you? Good, cool, cool. The Monroe police roll up to try to find said individual because apparently he had missed too many drills of uh, national guard duty, protecting us from the great state of Mississippi <laughs> ran through the fraternity house, out the back window, up the tree uh-huh. zip lined across to escape uh-huh. said Monroe police officers. Now, is this the, uh, is this a fraternity story tips or is this just a common everyday Louisiana Monroe story? Yeah, because Monroe, they're under the Napoleonic Code. It's not real law. I don't know what happens in Louisiana. Cops just show up and put you in the cuffs for no reason. There's no Miranda rights. There's no system of justice other than like this boss hog justice that you end up having to sing at the at the uh, at the uh, local tavern to pay off your debts. Are you sure that this is a fraternity story or is it not just? This is how society is in Monroe, Louisiana. Oh, there's no doubt. That's definitely a Louisiana, Monroe, Louisiana type of story for sure. It just so happened it happened at the fraternity house, I guess you could say. Hey, do you remember Boss Hog? And he 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 that's how he would get he would like like speed trap country music stars, and then they would have to the to uh to sing a set at the uh I forget the name of the the bar that they had down there. But that's how they had to pay off their speeding tickets. Remember that scam that Boss Hog had going on? 
that explains why you guys not even did you guys not even watch Dukes of Hazard? That explains why you thought it was karaoke night when we were in New Orleans for Sunbelt Media Days last year. Uh, you guys are killing me. You know what kills me, Jeremy? What's that? Plugs, promos, and parting shots. Shane, uh, lead us off. That's a uh, man. <clears throat> well, this isn't even this isn't even really fit as a parting shot so much, but I have a question for you guys now. Hmm. This popped into my head. What is your best fraternity movie? <laughs> we we mentioned Animal House. Is that isn't the that the, the only fraternity or... movie? Is, is there you could, you could argue a movie like The Skulls about the the yeah. secret societies of the Ivy League. Uh, is, is school time? Revenge of the Nerds. Oh. Old school. Old school. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Even Monsters, Inc. <laughs> or no, no. Monsters, Monsters University. Yeah, that's a that's not a bad one. Yeah. That's I wouldn't a... call it my favorite, but. No. No, but it's still, you know, at first I was like, there's only one fraternity movie. We've just named off more than half a dozen. <laughs> you know, I, I all right, I'll I'll start with that. I love Animal House. It's like one of the it was one of those three movies that came out that were like to me like the trio of the best late seventies, early eighties movies of all time. You know, it was like Caddyshack, Blues Brothers, Animal House. You know, you have to rank those three movies. What were the best of those three? And Animal House to me, it's always Blues Brothers, Animal House, and then Caddyshack at the bottom. But Revenge of the Nerds, you cannot discount an argument for Revenge of the Nerds. So much going on in that movie. So many great stars. Uh, John Goodman as the coach. That's always the best to see. Tibbs, help me out with this. What do you think? Old school. I love some Will Ferrell. <laughs> I mean, how many, how, how, how many times do you hear the we're going streaking yeah. or I love you, Blue, you're my boy? It's yeah. a classic. Yeah, you know, th- there's a mud wrestling scene in that that I really enjoy or oil wrestling or whatever the hell they were wrestling in. But uh, yeah. was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? <laughs> yeah. Do, 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 all right. Let's think about that, Tibbs. Do are the quotable quotes in old school? Do they stack or measure up to the quotable quotes in in uh, Animal House? I think so because I've had several people look at me crazy when they're like Germans. <laughs> but I, don't, I don't think that was them. Getting old. <laughs> that's the our the like the our, this newest generation. They're not familiar with 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 Animal House. Old school is their Animal House. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. So Shane, you made us answer this question. Yeah. Well, what's your answer to that? I mean, I was gonna say Animal House, but I think you just you you summed it up perfectly. Like it for in our forties or older, it's Animal yeah. House. If you're younger, then it's old school now. Oh, okay. All right. So Revenge of the Nerds doesn't play at all in there. Okay. It, it's an honorable mention. You know, they developed a javelin. That worked with Lamar's limp-wristed throwing action. <laughs> yeah, some things didn't even, age well. You cannot get away with that kind of stuff today. <laughs> no. So some of Revenge of the Nerds not age well. Great character. <laughs> I love Lamar. All right, I you know I'm going to jump into it. I'm going to do my parting shot and plug so that you have to go last. Are you okay with that? I, I, I feel as if I have uh, no choice. I don't want you reaching through my computer and throttling me. All right. My parting shot and, and uh, is it's not really even a plug or a part. I, I guess it is. It sort of is. I have been monitoring the transfer portal for the Sun Belt in terms of basketball. Have you guys been monitoring at all? Yeah, a little bit. You've been keeping up. You know, I think there's a pretty big name for ULM is in it, right? That is correct. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to find him. Thomas Howell. Thomas Howell. Yeah, I always thought a guy named Howell should be playing at Arkansas State. That's Howell. Wolves. Maybe that's where he's going. He might be on his way. A few guys from JMU is on this list. There are 36 players that I've counted 
on the Sunbelt transfer portal. So it grows every day. It's like the blob. Have you ever watched the blob, like the, the 1960s version with a 30-year-old Steve McQueen playing a, a, a teenager? Have you seen this movie? Was it swell? <laughs> yeah. The blob is swell. <laughs> yeah, but the blob, you know, it eats somebody, get a little bit bigger, eat something else, get a little bigger. That's what the transfer portal is. It gets bigger every day. It's always kind of interesting to see who comes in who comes out right now it's kind of funny because the ncaa tournaments winding down suddenly you're seeing people from more of the high profile schools jumping in but the sun belts kind of started off early there's a lot of guys coming in so i have gone ahead and compiled them i'll be monitoring it for the next couple months you can go on to howraiser.com i think the story is called uh, the Sunbelt Basketball Portal is a slow talent drain. You should check it out. Uh, see if you guys have any names on it that you don't want to see. I'll be monitoring where not only people leaving, but where they go to. So check it out. Owlraiser.com. Hard work. Jeremy, we're, we're, we've definitely been kind of the bottom dwellers of the Sunbelt here in recent years, correct? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yes. Did the fans at Arkansas State ever say, we don't belong in the Sun Belt. We, we, sh- we should go somewhere else. Maybe the Southland or the Gulf, Gulf States Conference of Division II, the Lone Star <laughs> of, of Division Three. Do those discussions ever come up? Every now and then, some of the old timers like the 60 70 year olds will will kind of say something like to the effect of oh those were good years when back in the you know the 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 butt fart league that we're in we'd win every year but no 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 serious ever discussion of dropping down why do you ask tibbs this is weird with ulms (laughs) oh and six start to baseball yes the woe is me crowd has returned oh those guys when I started looking at the numbers, ULM, should they decide, okay, we're done with the Sun Belt, we're going Southland, would not rank near the top of the budget of the Southland. Oh, no. And yet, in, in most sports, except for women's tennis, mm. do not have a winning record against the Louisiana Southland schools. <laughs> Why the hell would you want <laughs> To not only take a budget cut because your money games are going to be worthless, your media rights are going to be worthless, you can't sell advertising for as much, and not be able to compete. You know, I I, I imagine that these people that are advocating for the drop down feel like they're not looking at it, we won't be able to compete. They feel like they've been hardened by the crucible of being in, 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 in the Sun Belt, and we would... Any team would immediately just take over the Southland or the OVC or whatever smaller conference we go to. But I think that's it's it all goes down to people hate losing. Shane, let me tell you something. People hate to lose. Arkansas State's the same way. I mean, the fan base right now is just in a fragile, psychotic state. Like they they are ready to riot in the streets. If we have another performance in football or basketball and right now in baseball that we're having right now. So, yeah, I think it's kind of like a, a natural reaction, Tibbs, to go, oh, let's go back down to where we can at least win. We just want to win. We don't care if no one sees it happen. We just want to compete. Is that how you feel, Tibbs, that that it's just we're tired of losing? <laughs> we just want to find some little brothers to beat up? Definitely tired of losing, <laughs> but still a proud member of the Sun Belt. I think Absolutely. new athletic director John Hartwell is the right guy to write the ship. I will say, though, I think the ship is going to take on some more water before it starts coming out of the water and hopefully set and sail. What did Harvey Dent say in The Dark Knight? Uh, <laughs> Alfred, get, get my car. Oh, he said it's always darkest before the dawn. That's what's going to happen at ULM. You know, you're going to go through some tougher times. You know, you're cleaning out the house. You're getting rid of the chaff. 
And pretty soon you're going to have the squeaky clean program. You'll be flush with cash. You have a huge NIL collective, a fan base that is suddenly affluent, a bunch of lawyers and doctors, perhaps. The school is going to be in great shape. I just heard you say dark and made me hope they keep a light on for us. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.